Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you are listening to AM820 St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Here on Raising Saints, we talk to teenagers about the topics that matter most, and then we invite you, parents, to listen in on our conversations, and we hope and pray that in joining us, you'll gain wisdom, insight, maybe even the courage you need to have these conversations with your own kids. On today's program, we are talking about what it means to be a man of God. So I would like to introduce our guests. We have with us... Matthew. Hello, Matthew. Hello. Matthew is a student at Church of the Resurrection. Nope. Student at New Albany High School, <laughs> parishioner at Church of the Resurrection. And Joey. Hey, Joey. Hi. Also a parishioner at Church of the Resurrection, student at New Albany High School. Um, and they are two very manly men here to have this conversation with us today. And then we also have Katie. Hi, Katie. Hello. <laughs> Katie is not a manly man. She's a teeny little cutie pie young woman. Um, but she thought she could give a female perspective on this topic. So we told her she could give the color commentary. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so let's talk about manliness. I, wa- I wanted to kind of talk about Father Larry Richards has a book called Be a Man. And um, I wanted to pull some things out of that book for our conversation today. But before we get into that, let's talk about manliness. What does it mean to be a man from a cultural perspective strictly culturally speaking what is manliness i always think of those old spice commercials where it's like over the top but i do think that is kind of like the image that we kind of get culturally where it's like the guy like chopping wood and like climbing mountains and things like that okay and like i don't know i think that's the cultural image that we're definitely like seeing are there still old spice commercials on i I don't know I don't know. That's just what I think of. So. Okay. But that sort of manly, like, take yeah. it all on. and mm-hmm. Okay. Anything to add to that, Joey or Katie? What is the cultural definition or expression of manliness? I mean, I always think of the Mulan song, obviously. Um, <laughs> like, going out and being strong and tougher than everyone else. and No hold back. Like, just brute strength. Speaking of that, I've been singing that song like nonstop for two days since I was working on this episode. So. Yeah, it's going to be running through my head for a few <laughs> days now. <laughs> Anything to add to that, Joey? Um, yeah, I would just say that obviously they're thought of as very big, strong um, beings, and uh, they're supposed to be kind of invincible and be able to provide for families or whoever they may need to provide for. Any uh, negative images that are sort of culturally attached to manliness? Anything that a man is expected to be that might not be such a positive thing? I think a lot of times it's aggressive or like overly tough guy, whether that's um, being angry and violent, which that's definitely not how all men are, or whether it's just not showing emotion at all. I think that's generally a stigma attached with manliness. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say insensitive and, uh, like she said, overly aggressive, too tough, um, not capable of being at the same emotional level as the cultural female. 
Uh, what about um, like competitive? What like what you- like is that when you hear of someone who's a real man is competitive part of that formula? Or no? You can say no. I mean, I'm just throwing words out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess like, yeah. Short answers, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, but let's take a look at Genesis one twenty six. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So the cultural version of a man or manliness, the cultural definition, is that your image or your definition of God? Is it the same image? I guess in a way. Okay. Like there are different like there are different aspects of that cultural image that like I mentioned before that I see in God, but like there's also a lot more. Like what Joey said, one of the thing the negative ones was that like men are like insensitive almost, but like that is like I couldn't think of anything like further from the truth when it comes to God. Right. Right. Anything to add to that? Um I said obviously men are seen to be protectors and providers. That's what we think of when we think of God as well, obviously. Um, but something that is different when you think of the cultural version of a man, you think a lot of the physical appearance, like a big, strong guy. I, I, I think of God as a big guy with a white beard. So <laughs> uh, that's not, those aren't the same, but that is interesting how the cultural version of what we think of as men is like part of that is the physical appearance of what it is that talks about that speaks to our culture a little bit. I think it's interesting that you all you don't seem to have a negative image of what manliness, cultural manliness is, which I think is good. Like at worst it's a little bit surfacey, you know, like men mm-hmm. are supposed to be big and strong or whatever, but um but it's not really negative, which I, I wonder, is that just you? <laughs> is that yeah. just the three of you that you don't have that negative image? Or or is there, in a more general sense and more culturally speaking, is manliness, is manliness like dominance? Is manliness like lust? Is manliness kind of like sly? Is manly, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. I would generally say culturally manliness is a good thing. Like, you would or wouldn't? I would yeah. say that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Because if you men are created in the image of God, I would think it could only be a good thing. Right. right? Yeah. Um, so let's let's get into the book. As I said at the beginning, we're kind of talking about Father Larry Richards' book, Be a Man. And in this book, he lists 10 things that a man needs to be or do in order to be a man of God. So I just want to pull a few of those things into our conversation because um, we don't have time for all of them, obviously. But... One of Father Larry Richards' points is that um, you have to be a man who stays focused on the final goal, um, which obviously is heaven. So are there things that men, Joey and Matthew, you can speak from experience. Katie, you can give your observation. Are there things that men are encouraged to focus on that might be in direct opposition to the final goal or at least don't point to the final goal? Um, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that quote you have in your office. Like we need saints who live like, um, like in the world without acquiring worldly desires. 
And uh, the first thing that comes to mind is those worldly desires, uh, things like, I don't know, like alcohol and like things like lust, obviously take you like away from the final goal when the final goal is really all that we're here for. So that's what I would kind of say towards that one. So how do you stay focused on that final goal? Matthew? Uh, peer group, definitely knowing, like definitely finding people that are, you know, looking towards the end. Uh, and uh, I guess just kind of, I guess my biggest thing would be peer group. Okay. Anything to add to that, Joey or Katie? Anything that men are encouraged to focus on that do not point them toward the final goal? I think Matthew summed up the main things, like the worldly desires and um, especially the lust. I know there's like the – it's manly to have a lot of women – there's always that connotation, and I think that's completely the, that's completely against the reaching the final goal. So that's the one big one I thought of immediately. Okay, mm-hmm. Joey, how do you stay focused on the final goal? Um, a lot like Matthew, it uh, a lot of it involves who you surround yourself with. If you can uh, be around people and peers and family members who can help you stay focused on the end goal, then it's easier for you, obviously. And then just occupying your time with things that keep you out of trouble and keep you (laughs) from being distracted. Let me ask you this. When you say surrounding yourself with people who help you focus on the end goal, are you specifically talking about people who help you focus on heaven? Or are you talking about people who help you not focus on negative things? Well, I think it's a combination of both. I think, obviously, I'm I'm involved in church and, you know, there's a lot of people around me, like you who um just help, who help and my family they help educate me on my faith and stuff like that and then there's also um finding the right friends who maybe aren't focused on heaven but are focused on some of the things that will help get you there matt can i tell him about couch game yeah <laughs> Matt today was telling me about a game called Couch Game. I know the Couch Game. You know the Couch Game? Know yeah, because you know. So yeah. this, the Couch Game, is what kids who don't drink do for fun with yes. their friends. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's not like the legitimate <laughs> definition, but I, I thought it was so awesome that you guys like find other fun. I suppose it could be a drinking game too, if you wanted it to be. It'd be really hard. <laughs> but game. I just thought it was so awesome that you're finding other creative ways to have fun with your friends. That, you know, doesn't involve or ways that don't involve immoral activity. So anyway, that was a side note. The next item I want to pull out of Father Larry's book is um, he says, be a man who repents. And uh, to quote him, we find excuses for our sinfulness instead of being men and being accountable. So I guess my question is, does our culture excuse and maybe even embrace our sinfulness. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think if we look at a lot of the cases that are coming through, like the judicial system and things like that, those things are kind of um, kind of like finding ways to allow it. And although it is writing itself, I would say like in the past, I, th- I would say that our culture has definitely allowed sinfulness. Okay. Do you guys... And you too, Katie. <laughs> and me too. Do we find, do we make excuses for sinfulness? Like if you are engaging in a sinful activity, is your first instinct to make excuses for it? Or are you like, oh man, I know this is wrong and I shouldn't be doing it? 
It depends on what it is, but okay. <laughs> oftentimes making excuses is the first thought. Yeah? Trying to justify yourself. Okay. So. With with just my personality, I my first... The, well, I think human nature is to make excuses, and I think that's the first natural instinct that a lot of people do of something. A lot of sins can give you, you know, instant gratification, and you feel that, and you say this is okay because it feels good right now, but... I think, I mean, that's kind of part of helping. This kind of goes along with looking at the end goal. Like, if you have your end goal in mind, then you'll be able to snap out of those excuses and be able to keep yourself accountable. Have you ever done that thing that I always do, which is, okay, this is why this is okay. This is why, oh, forget it. This isn't okay. Like, you get to that point where you're like, Mm -hmm. I can't justify this. Yeah. But I think a lot of people instead what they'll do is like we might because of our Christian beliefs and because of our morals, we might, our instinct is to look to things that will talk us out of the behavior. Whereas other people maybe without a Christian foundation might instead look for things that will talk us into the behavior. Yes. Mm -hmm. So what are those things? Like what are those things out there that will point men specifically toward not being men who will repent, like being men who will make excuses. No, it's kind of an obscure question. So I'm thinking like, here's what I think are some, and Matthew, I think you sort of um, hinted at it. I think some general messages that we receive culturally for example pornography is totally normal like a man's not a man if he's not using pornography or like and going along with that masturbation is totally like it's just part of being a man you know like um women want to be objectified partying is normal is you know things like that am i right are those messages that you as men hear if even maybe not specifically Mm -hmm. yes okay what are the sources of those messages? Uh, media. Uh, I mean, like definitely like things like social media. Uh, I definitely would say like, so I guess social media. I guess is the number one thing that I can think of. Okay. Yeah, social media, TV, movies, um, things that, I mean, Hollywood relaying messages to people that a certain lifestyle is okay, and then that's what people look for, and then that becomes the norm. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt. We're here today talking about being a man of God. We're joined by Joey and Matthew, two men of God, and Katie giving the color commentary from a female perspective. <laughs> so, um, And we're talking about Father Larry Richard's book, Be a Man, uh, which is a... Have, has either of you read this book? I've read the first part of it parts of it i'm skimming today. okay um katie you haven't by any chance read this book. i don't think i've read this book <laughs> okay. it's a really good book it's easy to read it's succinct it's i think an accurate like if if for some reason you're like how should i go about being a man uh this would be the book to, to read i think uh okay so another point he makes is be a man who is strong and this is kind of how we started this segment is when I asked you all to give a cultural definition of manliness, strength was something that I think you all pointed to. Um, So 
in a secular sense or in a cultural sense, what qualifies someone as strong? What qualifies a man as strong? Uh, for one, actual physical strength. Okay. Yeah. Is there a certain like amount of weight you have to be able to bench to I'm be sure considered? In, I'm sure, in some people's minds, there is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is do we stop at physical strength when we talk about men who are strong? No, I think in even in a secular sense, somebody who can provide and protect. Okay. It shows strength. Yeah. What about a man of God? What does it mean to be strong if you're a man of God? Like strong in your faith and strong in like what you believe in being able to, uh, if like persecuted, being able to just like defend yourself almost. Like that mental strength, something like that. Matthew, you don't have to name names, but who do you, or you can name names if you want to. Who do you point to as a strong man of God? Who do you look at and say, that oh. dude is a strong man of God? Oh, man. Jeez. Uh, um, I'd look at Chris Crum. Okay. Chris Crum is a, a seminarian. Strong, for strong the man, yeah. strong, strong-willed. He's huge. He can hold that cross, <laughs> the highest I've ever seen a man hold a cross. <laughs> <laughs> he is very strong, physically and yeah. spiritually. Yeah. Joey, who do you point to as a strong man of God? Um, I'd say got I've got some coaches who are very strong and... Uh, my dad. Good one, because he's probably going to be listening. <laughs> yep. Sorry, there, Matt's dad. There you go, dad. Better luck I mean, next and time. Actually, it was implied. It actually, was implied. <laughs> somebody I look to is Mr. Trebus. He's a very strong <laughs> man of God. Matt's dad. <laughs> Joey looks to Matt's dad. That was well played, Joey. Now, here's the big one. Katie, who do you see yeah. as a strong Ooh, yeah. man of God? Well, all of the peer ministry boys, so Matt and Joey yeah. <laughs> and the rest of them, um, they're all... <laughs> okay, can we just be honest, please? Okay, but the... this is real radio, you guys. <laughs> um, I was thinking of all of our um, adult le- male adult leaders... Every single one of them in their own respect is an extremely strong man of God. In our youth group. In our youth group, mm-hmm. yeah. I could probably name qualities about each one of them that make that true. It, But in a general sense, is it just how they share their faith with you and how they live I, their faith? And- I think it's they're so confident in living their faith and sharing their faith. Okay. And they, can, they have the gift that they can so... Um, effectively communicate that to the young people and i don't know if this is true but it seems like they inspire the guys in the youth group to want to be men of god okay that's what i've seen in the past couple of years so so if you're listening and you're a dad and you're a strong catholic dad you should run right now to your parish and volunteer for your youth program because we need you these guys need you you guys need these mm-hmm. guys yes yeah and katie Young women need oh, yeah. men to be examples of what it means to be a man of God. Yeah. Um, okay. Be a man who is loving. Are men confused today about what it means to be loving? Yes. Okay. Why do you say that? Um, well, I think the biggest thing is the confusion with the terms love and lust. I think uh, most men in our culture would... Um, 
define those two pretty similarly um, on the side of lust, unfortunately. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's just not, that's from the media, from like what we've talked about. That's that's a big message that's sent. OK. How, any other ways that men. Any other things that love being loving may mean? No, I mean, Joe hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Yeah. So if I asked you, Matt, are you a loving person? That's not what you would think I was asking. Right. So what would you think I was asking? I would. I think you were asking something along the lines of, like, am I showing the love that I receive? Am I giving that back to the people that I encounter daily? Okay. Joey, what would you think I was asking you? Um, selfless. Am I, am I selfless and caring? So, I mean, those... Yeah. Okay, let's move on to be a man who lives as he was created. I think this one can be confusing because I don't know that men know what they were created to be or women either for that matter. Um, And I think our culture sends a lot of confusing signals about who and what a man is supposed to be. So I just wonder what your reflections are on this. Like Matthew and Joey, do you know who you were created to be? Have you reflected on it? I mean, like through prayer and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the best way to reflect, yeah, reflect I mean, on that, by the way. I think, is that the only way? I mean, is there another way? I, I mean, sure. Like how you respond to people, how you live your life, how you serve, how you worship. Yeah, there's a million ways. But okay. I guess then the number one way that I use is prayer. Okay. Do, do men ponder, who was I created to be? In general, big time. Yeah, I, I yeah I think a lot of men have goals and an idea of who they want to be. You know, cliche when they grow up, but mm-hmm. um, they have an idea of the morals and values that they want to have instilled in them by the time they um, have a family or are you know older and on their own. What about be a man who is holy? Like, what does holiness look like? And is it different when you're in church than when you're outside of church? Yeah, I mean, when you're in church, you're obviously worshiping, but like, there, and like, you can't, I guess, like, worship when you're not in church, but you can't. What about when you're not at mass, but when you're in a church, like when you're at youth group or when you're like, it, does your holiness shift? I mean, a, a little bit, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I guess, like, when you're at Mass, like, you're just, like, the way you conduct yourself, I guess, in all scenarios is, like, a reflection of your holiness and the way you're going to act in different situations is obviously different. But um, your holiness is, like, I guess, like, who you are. Are you calling me your holiness? Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) That's a little over the top, Matt. (laughs) All right. uh, How does holiness play out in the day-to-day life for a teenage guy? Um, It's just living the faith and being an example of the things that you, um, the God that you worship at Mass and trying to uh, shine his light throughout the secular world that you may be in or the... uh, of the culture that we live in. Is that 
hard to do, Joey, or easy? That, that's hard to do at times, but um, if you can't immerse yourself in your faith, then it becomes easier when you have strength from God. Okay. So you mean if you're, do you mean if you're living your faith all the time? If you're practicing your faith, Practic- then it'll help you live your faith. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, good one. And finally, be a man who changes the world. That's a tall, it sounds like a tall order. Does that overwhelm you? Be a man who changes the world? I mean, at first it does, but it kind of reminds me of the movie uh, Mr. Holland's Opus, who he sets out to be this like great uh, composer, but he changes his like sec- like part of the world. And so as long as, long as you're making a positive impact on at one life, then you've changed the world for the better. So. Do you feel like you've been given the opportunity to do that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. I definitely feel like that. And you can, could you point to, you won't have to, but could you point to specific examples in your life where God has enabled you to change the world or at least impact an individual? Yeah, I would say so. What about you, John? Yes. And just because we don't want to leave you out, what about you, Katie? Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Is there a formula for that? Like... Is there um, a specific way that God will use you? Or is it just depends on the person, depends on the situation, depends on what you're called to at that moment? Yeah, I would say it depends. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Darn it. We're out of time. So we're going to hang up now. whatever it's called in radio hang up up. we're gonna hang up (laughs) but i want to thank joey and matthew and katie for being with us today and we'll go ahead and close now with prayer in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen lord jesus we love you and we praise you and we thank you for this opportunity to be together today we thank you lord for creating us in your image and likeness lord we ask you to help us discern always what that image and likeness is and seek always your will for our lives. We ask you to help us raise up strong young Catholic men in our lives, Lord Jesus. And we ask all of this in your name, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt, and until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com. Who bad?